Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back to the show, my friends. Today we have with us a serial entrepreneur, six-figure Amazon seller, IT consultant, and he's also the host of two podcasts. He was born in Eastern Europe, then at the age of 21, he moved to Canada, changes his career to a software developer, and then he worked for some of the top successful companies in the world. But that wasn't enough for him, so he decided to start some side hustles, an agile consultancy, and an Amazon business. Within three years, he gets his agile consultancy to six figures, and in the next three years, he just does the same thing to his Amazon business. But that's not all. He runs marathons, triathlons. He once got challenged to run on one of the hardest races there is with only six months preparation. The guy surfs, he skis. And then in 2019, he decided to do something that I guess most entrepreneurs want to do. And that is get rid of your physical location. So he got rid of his apartment in Vancouver, which is one of the most beautiful cities in Canada. And he starts traveling around the world with his family. And he's doing that today still. We're going to find out soon like where he is. Like I said, he hosts two podcasts. And his name is Anatoly Spector. Anatoly, how's it going? Going amazing. Yeah, that's a great introduction. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And so you're traveling around the world. Where are you right now? Right now, I'm one of the best places on earth. Uh, I really like it. I've been here twice in my journey. It's uh, Portugal. And why I like it, first of all, I really like the weather. Right now, it's October, and it's about 23 degrees outside. I'm in a corking space. People right now having beers on the patio. Everyone's having fun, mm. and it's October. There's surfing in here. Community is big. A lot of people who are digital nomads, entrepreneurs. And I just love it here. People are nice. Food is good. Beaches, yeah. everything is amazing. You know what? I have to agree with you, because Portugal is, is, is like in my heart. and. Most of the people listening know, like, I, I love Portugal. I love it so much. I have a vineyard there, uh, two and a half, three hours of where you are now to the north uh, near uh, Veiro. So, it's, yeah, three hours, uh, two and a half if I'm driving. And uh, it, it is. It is so cool. The weather is so nice. I was there 25 years. Right? Wow. It, was supposed, it was supposed to be like a quick family trip. Ended up staying there <laughs> 25 years. So... Yes, man, I love it. And so you're going to go all over the place, or are you kind of at the beginning of your journey towards the end? Or Yeah, uh, so in 2019, when not the best time to travel, I know, because COVID was in 2000, started in 2019, but it was before that, like in August, uh, me and my wife, we just had a small baby. He was three or four months, four months, and then we're like, okay, he's right now free to travel with him until two years. We need to do something with our lives. And my wife was on a maternity leave. I'm working remotely. I have this business and I have a uh, um, working remote like consultancy with remote clients. And I was like, yes, let's do it. And then we packed up, put our everything on storage, left our apartment and went to Europe. And then we went to France and we went to Israel. We went to Spain. We went to Latvia, where I'm originally from, and we got stuck there for five months because borders got closed. <laughs> um, yeah, then we uh, went to Portugal. 
and we traveled all around. I'm also into wine. So we're in Burgundy, where the best wines are. Then in Spain, we're just hanging out in like south of Spain in winter. Yes. It's just a um, life of a dream. I'm, I'm really envied for myself, but it's crazy. And my son grows up in this, all those experiences, new places, new people. Uh, he now probably speaks Portuguese because he's going a little <laughs> school here, daycare, where, where the Portuguese kids are. I have a dog as well, travel with the dog. So just just great. Been, so far, I've been great. Man, man, that is so cool. I, uh, I, envy, I envy you. I, I wish I was in Portugal right now. Uh, <laughs> although the weather here is not bad yet. I mean, the winter didn't, didn't come yet, but uh, it's coming right. soon. So uh, you're originally from Latvia. Yes. Then yes. 21 years of age, you move over to Canada. You go to Vancouver, which is one of the, the warmest and very expensive places in Canada. <laughs> I, w- I went to Toronto and then I moved to Vancouver afterwards. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Got it. Uh, so. but, but yeah, I was born in Eastern Europe, Latvia, and uh, went to school there. Pretty middle-class family. I did not, like I had everything I needed to, but not like uh, excessively a lot. Like I didn't have like Mercedes or whatever. I'm just like kid in normal school. Um, and yeah, at some point, like I wasn't doing much. I was totally lost because I didn't know what to do with my life and I didn't do any business, nothing, just partying, having fun, like all young people do. <laughs> and at some point the 2008 crisis, I mean, I went to university then to entrepreneurship because I didn't know what to do with my life. And at some point I was like, wow, I'm totally lost. And there was a crisis of 2008. So I didn't know really what to do. And I was like, me, my, my dad had an opportunity to get me to Canada to study. And I was like, okay, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, what do, I, what do I do here? And then I was like, maybe I should go to the same thing I went before. And I went to like marketing, uh, management school. And people were asking me, Anatoly, who are you going to manage when you're going to finish <laughs> your school? <laughs> then I'm like, that's such a good question. And you don't ask those questions. The people, when they sort of get you to school, they, they don't ask you, like, Anatoly, who are you going to manage? If I knew that, I would go to other, other, other probably other courses or something like that. But uh, yeah, I did not like it at all because it wasn't something I was interested in. So I was partying, doing nothing. And in six months, they invited me and said, you know what? Your grades are so bad that you either go to this really low-level criminology course or you need to get out. And I was like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I want to stay in Canada. I like <laughs> it because Latvia is a little depressing and like post-Soviet country. While Canada is like multicultural, people are cool, everything is nice. I was like, no, man, I need to do something, change something in my life because I really want to stay here. And I was like, what do I do with my life? And then I decided I like uh, programming. So I would like even even when I would party back home, I would still come home and sit in a chat room, create some bots for internet relay chat or something like that, build some websites, do something for, for myself, never make any money of it. But I would do it. I would be good at it. Uh, I'm an introverted person. Maybe it doesn't seem like so, but yeah, I like to be myself sitting down just working. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go and do software development because it's easy for me. It seemed easy. Hmm. And if I was the worst person in like entrepreneurship in terms of grades or in management for sure, I finished with honors my software development course. And uh, I got a job in like, I got an internship in in about uh, two semesters. And then uh, they would uh, sort of give me the part-time job. And then I would get another internship, another part-time job. So I was making like, I don't know, 20 bucks an hour just from school or 22, I think, just finishing mm-hmm. school because it was like easy to me. And I never sort of had any issues with that. So, and then, yeah, I went to Toronto, uh, studied there a little bit in school and then finished it and uh, became a software developer. That's that's how I became a software developer, at least. <laughs> or you know, I, 
I always wanted to be a developer too. So I did something similar. I studied something that I didn't care for. So I studied accounting, economics, financial calculation. So everything to do with numbers. And I honestly can tell you, I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it. It was just because I was young and I had to pick something that, I don't know, at the time seemed like a good idea. But I always wanted to do software. So I ended up even signing up here in Canada. And I started uh, to get a, um, a bachelor degree. of okay. computer. I wanted to get computer science. And then I realized like, okay, so the, uh, you know, having the certificate doesn't mean anything to me. I just want the knowledge because I wanted to build things. And I ended up, you know, throughout the years, I developed some knowledge. I don't have any certificate, no official school, but yeah. I, I love it. It's so cool building things with, with nothing, like you have a keyboard and a screen. Yeah, and you... Exactly. So it's a very fulfilling job for sure. I, I'm still at this moment, I do have one client who I do software development for, and I really enjoy it. It sort of puts my brain into this meditative state and I just go in with, with the computer. I don't think about anything. I'll just solve some problems. I really enjoy it. It's cool. And you competed in Ironman Canada? Are they always in like Pentington or something like that in BC? Uh, Whistler. That was a whistle. So yeah, when I then from from Canada from Toronto, I got um, I got another job. Like it was on one job when I finished school. Then uh, the job or they didn't get funding. I got another job. So they relocated me to Vancouver, which I thought was a great idea because I don't like to stay in one place apparently. And uh, me and my wife went to Vancouver, and people run there all the time. And I was like, "Hmm, maybe I'll be into running. And then I sign up for a marathon. I finished a marathon. And then I'm like, that's not enough. Let me do a triathlon. And uh, I'm like, what's the worst triathlon there is right now near my? <laughs> They're like Ironman Canada. So I think I watched a couple of years ago. it, And I was like, this is the craziest thing. Because it's like uh, um, you swim for 4K. Then you bike for 180K. And then you do a marathon. And it's all. Yeah, it's all in a single day. And I thought, that sounds crazy to me. But then I was in different mindsets in Vancouver. And I was just like, I'll sign up and I'll see what happens. I'll figure it out. So I signed up. It's like 600 bucks. So it's like big commitment. Mm-hmm. I signed up on January 1st. And it was supposed to be in August, I think, or in July, something like that. So I still had some time. And I was like, okay, so what do I do? I found a coach who is doing that. And uh, I didn't know how to bike or swim. So they uh, then I signed up for this group of Olympic swimming. That was the worst guy. They was always put me in like the lane where nobody was. So I did not like. <laughs> so I go slowly, but uh, it was fine. I, I I kept it. I kept on doing this, and I finished in 15 hours, which is not a good time. I think if I train more, I'll do better, and I plan to do it. But I'm proud of it that I took something that I considered impossible and completed it. I think that's very important. For anyone listening, if you have something that you consider impossible, like making a million dollars or, I don't know, proposing to your wife or doing Ironman, whatever, just do it. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's ve- it's one of the best things. It sort of uh, broadens your horizon. Now, I don't think that a lot of things are impossible there. After this, I'm like, okay, I can figure out how to do anything. When you say you didn't know how to swim, does that mean you actually didn't know how to swim or you didn't know how to swim for a marathon? I didn't know uh, for a triathlon. I did oh. not know how to uh, swim properly. So okay. I would know how to swim like you would swim in a pool. If I put you in a pool and you <laughs> never swam competitively, you probably would just like swim in a certain way. But it doesn't help. You cannot swim like that for four kilometers. Like it's an hour and a half or two hours of swim. So you need to learn a technique. And I went to certain places to learn it. And 
Yeah. Pretty good swimmer now. <laughs> wow. So yeah. now, how do you discover Amazon as a seller? Yeah, that's a good question. So I was in this, um, I was in this startup that uh, I liked, but then at some point they started to change directions and I did not feel fulfilled. And for second time, I would give my all to the company and then they would crush me because either they didn't get funding or something that I cannot control. And I would be like, I love it so much. I give it all my soul, but it just breaks me. And I'm like, I need to find something that I could do on my own, be my own boss. And also... I like uh, I don't like to work that much. I don't like nine to five. I don't like office environment. I like yeah. to go on a beach and surf. I like to ski. I like to spend time with my family, not to work as much. So somebody gave me a four hour work week book, like most people read it. And then with the same guy who gave me, we started dropshipping business, just trying something out. We didn't know anything. So we're selling storage sheds, which are like this huge shed that you put your stuff in. Yeah. We decided it's a good opportunity. It was terrible. We didn't know anything about it. People were calling us, asking about storage sheds. We knew nothing about them. So, And then uh, we're so stressed out. So he decided to leave when I was on my own. And after that, uh, my wife, who, um, who was also, she's like really good at doing things. Like she's operations person. She was like, okay, let's try something else. Uh, we found out print on demand, which is selling t-shirts. We tried that. It was pretty good, but it's also a lot of creative work. And we yeah. hired like designers. It's a lot of work. You need to figure out new trends. You need to come up with all those t-shirts all the time. Again, too much work. And I'm not saying it's a bad model, but I really like my time to be efficient. And I like to sort of, let's say, talk to you and make sales instead of just thinking about designs. So then uh, we stumbled on an Amazon course, I think. Somebody was telling me about Amazon. We found Amazon course. We invested, I don't know, like $4,000 into the course. We decided to go hard. And we went for this course. I think mostly my wife, because I'm really bad following instructions. I can't even fill the form. So... Uh, she was like driving that, I think, and I was uh, sort of do, like tagging along. And we launched our first product, which was uh, Kids Binoculars. And I remember we're like, hmm, it meets all the criteria and everybody's selling the green one. So maybe it's a good color to sell. We're like, maybe we need to do something different. And we added this ugly small magnifying glass to it. We put it on Amazon. It took us a lot to sort of do all these things. But I mean, in six months, we shipped it to Amazon. We're like, now we're going to go rich. We're going to be millionaires. She's going to go good. And like day one, zero sales. Day two, zero sales. Week, zero sales. Like nobody's buying them. We're like, why is nobody buying them? They're so good. <laughs> I would do like PPC. I won't work. We're just losing money. And uh, at some point, I remember I was like on a ski hill and I would look at my sales and get seven sales. I'd be like, wow, now we're getting rich. Something is happening. And I know what happened. Maybe our competitors are out of stock or maybe it was Q4. And weird stuff happened. For a week or two, we had like good sales, maybe seven or six. And before, we'll have like zero or one. Like, yeah. damn, we just ordered 200 units. We need to do more. So we took our $10,000 for savings and bought like 1,000 more units. And then whatever happened just stopped happening. We're still will be at like zero and one sale a day. And we'll be like, now we're losing money, which was a very humbling experience. It taught me a lot. And looking back, I understand that you need to always think, why would people buy yours? I'm launching same green binoculars that everyone else and I have zero reviews or people have like hundreds of reviews. Why would somebody buy mine? And I would not buy mine even if it was me. So now when I launch products, I did launch after like a couple after that, that were much more successful. Uh, I always think if I have zero reviews and I show it to someone on Amazon, would they buy it? And if the answer is at least a little bit of yes, then I go with it. So 
Uh, binoculars, I think we lost about, I don't know, three, four K because we sell it at the price, maybe like for six, seven thousand. Yes. It wasn't that bad, but we spent a lot of time. And at that point, we're like, okay, they don't work. Let's go with the other product. So my wife had some some health issues and we figured out on top of this health issues as uh, a supplement so that nobody else was selling at the time. And we launched it. It was much better. It was selling like three, four a day with zero reviews. It was something new. And we're happy. And uh, then we went to like 10 sales, which was very good. At some point, Amazon suspended it. They said, you're using some language that is incorrect. Oh. And we are like, no, we're not. And then we start funding Amazon. But we like fought them, fought them. We sent it out, uh, email to Jeff Bezos, everything. We did try everything. Instead of just changing the language, we highly recommend. If Amazon says, do something, just do it. Because we wasted six months. And then we went, we were, when we were live again, there was lots of competitors for the same thing. And we didn't have enough reviews. So again, we failed, but learned a lot. So don't fight that much. Like be more sort of diplomatic. It's good in business because things don't go your way. Be diplomatic. And then we stumbled into several more niches. And then now we have two products, each of them selling about 100,000 um, a year. And then we are launched a third one and hoping to, to do more. I started documenting my journey scaling this business to 1 million then to 10 million in my podcast and then yeah I record every day just going through all the struggles and stresses and stuff like that so that's oh, the short gist of the story it's impressive that you found a supplement that nobody else had because that is the category <laughs> that yeah. everybody every every seller is thinking always what is the one supplement that nobody else has and of course we think that everything already exists and uh, I do know I mean, one. Essentially, we combine two, which I think there's hard to find supplement that uh, that that people uh, sort of don't have. Yeah. But you need to be creative. You need to find out what they like two supplements this bought with that, combine them, do a research, um, and yeah, you just combine two and they were good. Yeah. Uh, or you can do like bigger package, or you can do like bundle. There's a bunch of things you can do you know, with existing things. We just just don't think creative enough. Exactly. Think out of the box. And yeah. guys, for uh, one of the things like the tip that Anatoly said is when Amazon does suppress or suspend your listing uh, and they give you, uh, sometimes they give you a random reason that's not direct to the point. One of the first things you have to do is go through your listing and look at what keywords or claims that you have on that listing and try to get rid of those. And then, yes, try to always be like, as polite as possible with them uh, because uh, I guess it's it's easier to catch flies with honey than it is with vinegar, right? 100%, yes, I'm with you. And we, we weren't impolite, but we would always, we were right because we, we, we had some lawyers, we were right. The problem is they don't really care sometimes if you're right yeah. or not. You just need to like just do what they say and you don't have to do it all the time, but I found like when my listing gets suspended or something is wrong, I would better just delete this claim or whatever and just move on instead of trying to prove because it takes too much time and it costs money. Absolutely. One of those is the um, the pesticides when they tell you, uh, okay, this product is as seen as a pesticide. Okay, no, this is not a pesticide. But if you want to fight with them that it's not a pesticide and it's not, it can take months for them to reactivate it while with a two or three hour training, they allow you to sell pesticides. And yeah. I mean, I had to do that for a bunch of products or a bunch of brands uh, before. And so 
it's just yeah, I mean pretty crazy. Try to just try to cut the losses, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm with you. No, tell me something. You have this agile agency. Now, yeah. what is agile? Yeah. So the backstory is um, as a software developer. Uh, it's you need to build a product. To build a product, you need to work in a team. Your team is big of developers, designers, quality assurance, project managers. So they all need to work like a one team, one well-oiled machine, if you will. And it's hard because there are sort of you need to have some processes. You need to have some limitations. You need to have some meetings that people don't like. So uh, most of the companies struggle with this. And there's a framework and mindset how how teams can work better together. And the mindset is agile, so we respond to change. We're making sure that we're building right things. We are working with our customers and uh, bringing them value instead of just guessing. So all this is sort of the agile umbrella. And uh, while I was working as a software developer, I would always think, how can I do stuff better? And people would say, maybe you should take charge of it. So I would be in charge of the agile process in all the places where I work. At some point, I was like, okay, the startup doesn't work. The Amazon does not give me enough money. I should do something to do good. Again, I try to, I'm lazy. I try to get what I'm doing good and capitalize on that. Yeah. So I'm really good at that. I'm good at as a developer and as a, a person who is relatable. And I'm, uh, I did some management stuff. I was an engineering manager. So I see from different angles and I know how teams work well and what are some of the issues. So I started a consultancy to help people and teams to work better together, essentially. And I started as a YouTube channel. I would, uh, uh, it's called Define Agile. I would tell people about Agile. I would tell people about the tools, I'd answer some questions. And then people would hire me and say, Anatoly, why don't you go and help us? Because we know that you're saying is amazing, but we need someone there to help us out. And I would go and help us them. I would work with like governments, I would work with nonprofits, I would work with uh, startups and big companies. And I would just go and help them out. And it was, it, it's pretty cool. These days to recording videos and still helping clients, uh, which is pretty cool. I like it. Nice. And that's <laughs> when you decided to, so you were going to measure or basically document your, your growth, your business growth from 200K to 10 million. And you decided yeah. to do that on a podcast, which is the 10 million journey, right? That's the name of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's for uh, strictly for Amazon. So I don't talk about Agile there. Okay. Um, yeah, at some point, I think I wanted to be more accountable because it was going okay, but I was not growing. And I really wanted to grow into something good because I like big challenges, as you, as you probably have guessed based on our conversation. Yeah. I like something that seems tricky. So 10 million seems tricky. Uh, there's, I know people, and I interview people on my podcast as well who are making millions and 10 million, 100 million, but it's not too many of them. It's not too, too, too many people who have one brand making $10 million. So I was like, I'll build that brand. I'll build it on Amazon and I think I can do it. And I start recording all my struggles. Um, I just, like when things don't go well, we had like suspended our process suspended. I would talk about that. I would share the struggle because usually I find there's like gurus who are talking how everything is good, how they make yeah. lots of money, everything is good, just buy my course, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> but there's lots of struggles. So I talk about mostly what are the struggles, what are the day to day, what are my sales? I tell people today made like I don't know, sell 10 units, and I'm supposed to sell more. This is why a vicious manufacturer, but we're solving it. 
And then I uh, interview people who are sellers and I ask them usually, if you were me, uh, I'm going for the journey, give me advice. And they would give me advice and I would follow their advice. So that's my journey, sort of uh, going through struggles, but also getting experts and asking the questions that they can give me advice and going from their journey so I can understand what makes them great. That is so cool. So do you share what your products cost, where you're sourcing from, and do you share what the product is too? Or uh, no, no, I don't share sure. what the product is because uh, this brand is not. I mean, people will jump on this brand, and I and right now mm-hmm. I launched some products with them with zero reviews. I have like twenty sales, and I know that if people know what the products are, they'll go launch the same thing. And I'm not strong enough to have competition. I'm building this business, guys. Yep. I will tell them when the time comes. I'm for sure gonna tell people that, as I'm telling about binoculars and about the other product. But this one. I'm just building the brand for now. So, and I know it's not the best thing. I probably should be a face of face of my brand. It would go better. But I want to bu- build this organically, as as I would be like just sitting in my computer, just like a regular person with other podcasts doing this thing. So I could sh- I want to show people that everything is possible, and that if you just commit it, you'll do it. So, and I also share my digital nomad journey as well. I talk about my travels just to inspire some people to do something because I really want to have more entrepreneurs. I think those are the best people. They're driving everything forward. If everybody is employee, nobody is like making amazing stuff except their bosses, I guess. But I want more people to be entrepreneurs. So that's why. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It is a good thing sometimes to at least the brand, not reveal the brand because we all think that nobody hates us, right? But if out there there are somebody that when you do uh let's say document your journey and you get closer to the 10 million there are going to be people that are envious that can and will do something to your brand if they know what it is right yeah. it's like oh that that's the anatoly guy from the podcast there are some people that unfortunately would go there without any apparent reason and leave you a bad review or do other things that are even worse. I don't. I didn't want to say yeah. some of the things that <laughs> happen, but don't give them advice how to <laughs> exactly give <laughs> your life harder for sure. I mean, definitely there are those people, and unfortunately, because I think those people can get this energy and put it in the right state of mind, and yeah, they will just do great things themselves. Um, yeah, I don't know why somebody would do something like that because. It's like it's, I think the more entrepreneurs we have, the better. People should just do cool stuff, just spend their time and energy doing what they're passionate about. And the last time, like, I don't know, watching news or watching TV or dealing with the stuff they hate, just, just enjoy life. That's, exactly. that's my motto. I'm doing everything I can. And this 10 million is also for me to continue enjoying my life, to support my journey, to travel, to uh, be an example for my son. I have young son now, so things are just going when you have children. It's changing. You just want to be a, a good example and just show that everything is possible. So at least he might see this podcast and say, okay, my dad did that. I could probably do that as well. So Nice. So here's one of the things I always wanted to know with developers. If you have a need for something, do you go look for a tool out there that already exists or do you think immediately of like building something for yourself? That's a great question. Um, I think when you're inexperienced in business, your first um, your, your, sorry, your first thing is, I need to build something for this because I can. 
Well, it takes a lot of money and there's already lots of things that are built. For me, I try to maximize my time. Uh, even for fun, if I do something for fun, I know that if I commit, I'm going to go there and I'm going to do it 100%. So don't commit to stuff that I know is going to take all my time. That's why I would either hire someone or I would get probably even better. I would just see if somebody did that and either partner with them or buy their tool or whatever I can do to save myself time. Uh, because it's as much fun it is to build stuff. Uh, well, it's business. You're building a business tools that somebody already did. This sort of redundant. While I also have some projects where people say, we don't have this thing. Can you build us? Then I um, partner with developers. I don't usually do it myself, but I partner with someone else and sort of guide them what, what this should look like. But again, I don't do much for development these days because a, I have this business, I have, I have two podcasts, I have a business, I have a consultancy, and I like to enjoy myself. So I try to spend as much time on the beach surfing as I work. I don't like to work um, nine to five. I like, I like to take days off. So that's why I okay. don't do that. But okay. I don't know if people do it. I mean, it's just about what's what's your time worth. If, if you think it's, it's good for you, it's fine. But I recommend just hiring because it's much cheaper than, than, than my time, I would say. Yeah. No, I, I completely get it. I was asked this before, like, oh, if you've been if you've been selling on Amazon for a while and you do so much volume, why don't you have your own tool? I'm like, because the tool already exists. For 90 bucks a month, I can use somebody else's tool. Why, you know, yeah. why pay somebody? I mean, if I knew how to do it and I had the free time, maybe as a passion project I would, but no, yeah. if it already exists. Yeah. The other the other thing people don't understand, and I think this is like this is like a big problem with uh, entrepreneurs, that it is a commitment. You don't think about the other stuff that's around it. You build a tool and to maintain the tool, you need to fix bugs for the tool. So you, this tool becomes your life as any project. Like you would think, I'll do podcasts. It's so easy. Well, you need to hire people to edit your stuff. You need to create intros. You need to create content. It takes time. So whenever you commit to something, you need to make sure that you have enough time and enough passion for this. And how I solve this, I usually say, I'll do this for a year. So podcast, I said, I'll do it for 300 episodes. If after 300 episodes, I don't like it, I'll just say on the podcast, guys, I don't like it anymore. I'll stop doing this. Uh, same as Define Agile, my Agile channel, I said, I'll just do 52 videos, one video a week for a year. If I don't get anything from it, I'll just stop. So that's my commitment. I never commit for like lifelong projects because if you do, well, it's all your time is going to be there and you might not have passion. And with the financial, which is good, I have right now is growing. I have about 2,000 followers, which is not too much, but it makes me money. I have a community. So it's a lot of fun. That's why I'm doing it. So, yeah. So I, I highly recommend like a mindset of commit to something, but set a deadline. Say, if I'm not having fun, which is the most important thing, because yeah. if you don't have motivation, you're not going to do it. Uh, in a, after a year, so I'm gonna do it. That's it. I think that that's the best way. And software usually does not get in there because if you build something, you need to maintain it forever. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Not, Absolutely, doesn't work for me very well. <laughs> yeah, you touched on something very important that people forget about maintaining it. Building it is one thing, then maintaining things. And you mentioned the podcast, and I have two podcasts as well, and over combined over 500 episodes wow. and one of the actually the the qa sally online podcast it started 
getting now it has over 30,000 visitors to the website itself, right? So yeah. I figured that is a decent amount of volume. So let's get this upgraded. And during the supposed upgrade of the blog, it broke the RSS feed. Oh, no. Yes. So for a certain period, for almost a week, we didn't realize the RSS feed was broken. And then uh, by the time we realized, it took a week to find out why it was broken and to get it up again. Yeah. And this is what's something that I've been doing uh, personally for over three years now with podcasts. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, it wasn't so that easy to get it going. So we had to get some technicians from the from the podcast hosting company on it and uh, WordPress and oh man. It, so it went back up uh, yesterday or the day before and we had to do a reverse backup. So the site had been backed up. We had to put the old version back up. So I have the old site back up and I mean, it's better that than. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is crazy. That's what people don't think. When you commit to something, well, also, you need to think about those strategies, how to launch stuff, how to QA stuff, how to bug fix. So there's a lot of things, finding the right people, making sure that, yeah, everything is working. It takes a lot of time. And I've been in software for a long time. And software is uh, a really, really big commitment most of the time. If it's not something very, very simple, like if you make Amazon software is a good example, you're probably using Amazon API, which is the language how you talk to Amazon. Well, they change it all the time. So yeah. most of your work will be just updating your software and updating these APIs, which is crazy. Or uh, there's like a rate limit. You need to figure out the way how to avoid certain things that Amazon puts in place to, to protect themselves. So there's a bunch of things that it's crazy. And I know some people who write this great software that I'm using, different like Jungle Scouts and Helium 10 of things. And yeah, these people have huge teams. That's yeah. <laughs> they work full time on this, and there's like huge business. And uh, uh, yeah, if you're not committed to spend a lot of time on this, and you need a lot of resources because expensive to host software, people don't understand. You need to host it somewhere, it costs a lot of money. If you have traffic, if you have growth, it costs even more money than you're making usually before it sort of catches up. Um, it's crazy. So, I don't I don't want to say that don't build software. Please, if you have passion for software, build software, whatever you have passion for. But if you don't, you just want to build tools on the side, and the real thing you want to do is be financially free and lay on a beach, maybe software right now is not your the best approach. That's why I'm not building software. But uh, finding these sort of um, those uh, low-hanging fruits, if, if you can call Amazon low-hanging fruit, comparing to software, I think it probably is. Yeah, you know what? You mentioned how uh, the ones that do software for a living, like Jungle Scout Helium 10. That was actually one of the members from the Helium 10 team that found my my RS, the, my site was broken because yeah. I, I have a link to Helium 10 on my site. And out of the 30,000 visitors I was getting, there's like a thousand or so that click on that link. So yeah. they, they were seeing where the traffic was coming from. They came to my site and then they are the ones that told me, uh, by the way, uh, here you have an issue yeah. here, and that's how I went to fix it, or or else it would have taken more than two weeks just to find the issue, yeah. right? Well, happy they did. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, well, I'm happy, happy it's fixed. <laughs> yeah, you have amazing. I actually really like your podcast. So, 
I'm, ha I'm happy it, it fixed itself. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Anatoly. So tell me something. You mentioned earlier about having fun while you're doing business or almost in anything. You need to have fun, right? Yeah. Why is that so important to you? Well, if we go really in a philosophical round of things here, um, I believe that uh, we have this notion that we need to struggle. And I think uh, in the West, we, we like work is a struggle. The life is a struggle. We need to get somewhere. We need to do something. We need to fight something. Even if you think, I don't want to get there, but even some religions say you struggle until you die and then go to heaven. So it's mm. all about struggle. Well, I don't know. I always thought that, well, if this life and there's nothing happening afterwards, and I don't know if it is, I'm a religious person, but it might or it might not. There's no there's no proof to it. Yeah. So maybe we should have as much fun as possible here because maybe there's no other chance. And uh, I just think that if, if you do what you like, you're much happier and uh, people around you are much happier and you're bringing more value because you're passionate about what you're doing. And uh, life is not just a struggle. So I just hustling, hustling, hustling. I don't think that's the best approach because you get burned out, you get depressed and you're not enjoying it. it I People do stuff to, to have fun. Like when people start and they build their businesses, they always have this vision, how it's going to grow. Everybody's going to appreciate them. And then it, transfers into something like like uh, long nights and you work really hard and nobody cares and there's bugs everywhere mm. and uh, your software doesn't work, your RSS feed broke, anything, like all those things happening. And then you just get caught into this and it's not fun anymore. So I do have bad days, a lot of bad days as well. But I believe that in the core of this, everyone should, should do something to have fun because who knows? <laughs> yeah. You might have just one life and you might just get struck by a car or I don't know, you, you might die die tomorrow and well, if you're not having fun, like why why do it all this? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we should suffer or live suffering or fighting something, right? It's uh I mean yeah. we should we should have fun and have fun with others and make others have fun and our families too. I'm a big family guy now. It took me 37, I think I had my first kid when I was 37. Okay. So I think I appreciate it more now because, uh, well, I had my kid when I'm, I'm a grown up finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think it's so important, family, and ha watching them have fun is makes me have fun, yeah. right? And people need to understand that you can have fun. I think we have this mindset that if we don't work really, really hard, then we won't get where we want to be. That's not true. They're just not true. And if you think so, it's your limiting belief. Mm -hmm. You're limiting your mind and you should you should open yourself to opportunities. You can all, always find some opportunity. You can hire the right people. They, they can support you and uh, you won't need to work like nine to five or even more. Um, I know a bunch of people in this space who work like four hours, really four hours a week and traveling the world. They're true inspiration to me as well. And it's possible. So please do not close your mind in this just like, in this, I don't know, in, in this bad thing where you where you think that, uh, well, I'm in the situation, I have family, I have debts, nowhere to go. There's always the way. You just need to talk to more people, open your mind, read more. I read, like my goal to read is 100 books uh, this year because I believe that really, what reading really helps me to explore things that I would never explore. And then the other podcast I do is called The Unusual Job Show. So I interview people with like a weird jobs. 
today last episode how I interview Vietnamese shaman, the guy who is in Vietnam. He's doing his exorcism rituals. He built. He has talismans. Okay. Then I talk to hostage wild trainers who are like um, held in Iraq as a hostage. So I talk to these people who I would never talk to, and they also open my mind to so many things, and their perspectives are are amazing. So that's what I'm trying to do to sort of explore yourself is to read books, talk to people, talk to people who are different from you, talk to people with different opinions, and I think this is a way to get out of this limiting belief zone at least. Yeah, that podcast has, I love that concept, the unusual job show. Yeah. <laughs> so you interview people that have weird jobs. What a great idea, man. I yeah. I have to subscribe to that because I, I really like that. I used to watch Dirty Jobs, the TV yeah, show. Yeah, so similar to that, but I don't, It's they're not always dirty. I do have slaughterhouse worker who I wanted to talk to on there. I do have hostage survival trainer. I do have shaman. And then I have like lots of types of pre-chords. So I talk to creator of Game of Thrones uh, languages for them. I talk to marine biologists, uh, un- detectives who spend time undercover, uh, all kinds of people who have like craziest stories. You would never think how crazy it is. I do it on like Saturdays. It's my treat for my Saturday. And it always blows my mind. And when I finish, my like my head is just like shaking how blown I am by from what they say. I'm like, wow, why wouldn't I know that before? And it's so fun. <laughs> oh man, I, I really like that idea. You know, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is having a podcast. I, I have two podcasts as well, just like you. Sometimes we get to talk to people, like somebody listening to us right now. Is thinking okay, the Anatoly seems like such a cool guy or whatever, right? And okay, and I like his knowledge or any other person that I interview or you interview, and we actually get to sit like we are right now, face to face, and talk to those people, and then we get to talk before the camera is recording, and then you know, and um, it, it's it's one of the cool things about doing this because you get to meet some people that you didn't know, and then talk to others that you already knew. And uh, yeah, man, it's it's super and, cool. Yeah, if somebody's listening and uh, you're struggling to find a good network of people, the podcast might be a way to go because I never knew that just finding people who you can work with is who can talk to. It's not that hard because people like to talk about themselves. And I remember the first guest was like Peter Moore. He's like world famous hottest wild trainer. He was held in Iraq for two and a half years. They did the, the terrorist organization, did some crazy things with him. And I'm like, I know this guy going to talk to me. So he was on Reddit doing Ask Me Anything yeah. session. He's like one of the best Ask Me Anything sessions. There are people like 5,000 uh, comments, I think, or something like crazy stuff. And I was like, I'm sorry, I have this podcast launching. Can you give me an interview? He was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, what? And this guy's <laughs> like a legend. And like if you like Google Peter Moore uh, hostage, you'll see like whole bunch of like videos. He was exchanged for one of the main terrorists in Iraq. That's how they, they freed him. All his colleagues were killed with this terrorist. Again. Crazy, crazy story. And he's ready to talk to me. And after that, my like my mind clicked. I'm like, okay, people like to talk. So then I started this and I had lots of fun. Then I started to approaching people with like weird jobs. They're like, yeah, I never talked on camera like this shaman. He's right now in Vietnam in a temple. You can hear like other shamans are talking. The sound is bad. He has an accent. It's hard to understand him. But what he says is so amazing. I'm like, I enjoy it so much. <laughs> and yeah. even, though, even, even if I don't publish that, I'm so happy that I talk to these people that I don't really care. And I think that's what makes it amazing. So if you're listening to this, try a podcast. Find what you're really good at, like your niche. 
and create a podcast, talk to industry professional. This will sort of give you this, this, this is this hack that will allow you to build your business much, much faster. I think. Yeah. You want to know when you know the, the podcast episode is super, super good. It happened to me a couple times in over 500 episodes is when you're talking to somebody that's so interesting that you're not thinking a lot of the times you're thinking, okay, what am I going to ask next? Right. Yeah, you have yeah, to have yeah. questions ready. And, um, and then some of these people, you forget that you're doing the interview and you sit there listening. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And then when they're stopped talking, I'm like, oh, crap, I'm I'm the one doing the interview, right? So I got to say something. And you're always checking, like, if that's still recording. Like, I remember that. I'm like, are we recording? I need to make sure we're recording because I need to make sure because it's so important. Yes. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, 100%, 100%. They're just people. I found out, like, sometimes I'm, I go for the big names as well, and I find some of the stories are so said so much they're so scripted it's not as interesting but when you talk like regular people who never talked on a podcast before you uncover this crazy things and i'm like wow yeah more people need to know you you are so amazing and it happened to me many times this podcast right like the other podcast just talk to regular guys guys and girls just like most of them are just like uh blue collar workers or somebody who never did a podcast or just sitting in their different corners of the world and doing their amazing things and nobody knows about them and I'm just so blessed to be able to share their stories. And the other, like the other podcast where I talk to entrepreneurs, this is like my passion as well. And then we can share something because I can tell them what I think and they can tell me what they think. So both of the podcasts are so amazing. They take a lot of my time and I'm like, I don't know. I like it so much. I don't want to stop. Mm. And I don't make any money from them because I mean, it's hard to make money podcasting. Yeah. Uh, but I still enjoy it. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care even if nobody listens. I just like it so much. And I think that's a good sign of, of a good project. It definitely is. When you like something and you you enjoy it, it's like man, it's like going to the beach, right? Yeah. It, this is what I like. For example, uh, I love what I do. So I do it all day, every day, right? And then, of course, if I have to spend time with family, then I'm with them and I try to be present there. But every chance I get and I come back home, I, I go to my office and I go to work. Because I love it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if, if at one point I feel like it's running out or, you know, I'm running out of battery because it's possible sometimes for people to to burn out. And yeah, if you feel like you're getting close to that burnout of anything that you like, stop it because you don't want to yeah. stop liking it. Yeah, it's such a great advice. And this is another thing that employees cannot do. You do you work and work and work. You're burning out. You know you're burning out. You still got to go. You still got to go. And this is one of the best things I find about being an entrepreneur. Some days I don't feel like working and I would just take a day off. And employees who are uh, listening to this will be like, I hate this guy. I like this guy until that moment. But when he said he's taking the day off when he wants, now I hate this guy. But uh, this is reality. It doesn't happen often. Sometimes I cannot have obligations. Like if I have a podcast recording, I'm not going to take the day off because I always show up for people. But uh, most of the time, my schedule is flexible, so I can take time off. On Wednesdays, I always go surfing. Be- I mean, if the waves are good, I go surfing. On Friday, I usually take day off and do some meditation and do spiritual work. On Saturdays, I just record podcasts. And other days, on Sunday, I have day off. And other days, I work. So, and I build this schedule. I could make much more money if I work all other days, mm-hmm. but I won't have fun. And I think fun is so much more important. And since you mentioned surfing, before I let you go, 
there is a place there near Sturil. I don't know if you heard of Sturil. No, but uh, oh, okay. keep it was, going. <laughs> it's known for having some of the biggest surf waves in the world. And oh. uh, yeah, I think the world record was actually done there okay. five, five years ago. I heard ago about it. I think it's uh, it's near Pinici or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Pinici is that's Pinici. The, the city of sardines where everybody has to eat sardines when you go. All right. Yeah. I was actually planning to go there. I usually go to uh, Carcavelas or uh, Capa de Caprica. Costa de Caprica. Costa, Costa, Costa de, sorry, I don't speak Portuguese. I'm actually yeah. planning to learn it because I'm spending a lot of time here lately. Uh, yeah. Costa de Caprica. And we go to both of those places for surf. Yeah. And I'm not really good at taking private lessons because I like to go to like a blue wave. Some regular lessons, they, they go with like a whitewash. So me and my wife, we're both like on this, on this, uh, on this mission to get good at surfing so every week we're going we're going with a teacher and we're, we're learning how to surf and i really enjoy it <laughs> nice nice man that's what i'm gonna do see here behind me the little waves <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 unfortunately they're not real but uh if they were that's where i would go right after this <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i mean it's late here but i would go surfing yeah if i could go somewhere i usually go either surfing or skiing or hanging up <laughs> <laughs> Anatoly, sure, tell me something. For the people that are listening to you right now, the ones that don't hate you for saying that uh, when you don't <laughs> feel like working, you don't have to. If they want to hear more, where do they find you? Yeah, guys, a uh, couple of things we talked about. One is the Unusual Job Show, the Unusual Job Show. Uh, the podcast, you can find it anywhere. It's also on YouTube where I talk to people of the Unusual Jobs. If you want to follow my story, how I scale my businesses, 10 Million Journey, it's my another podcast. I have uh, Instagram, 10 million journey. So just uh, send me a message. We can talk. I have an accountability group that I invite people to be part of my accountability group where we meet and we sort of uh, build businesses together. So if you want to do that, listen to my podcast episode on accountability and you'll find out how to get there. And other than that, I'm just everywhere. Instagram, Anatoly Spector, and uh, Facebook, Anatoly Spector, LinkedIn, anywhere. Just Google my name, you'll find me. But two podcasts are, are the ones I spend most of my time at this moment there you go guys i'll have these on the show notes for you to check out 10 million journey is actually the number 10 millionjourney.com and then the unusual jobs dot show and like i said i'll have them on the show notes and right. totally, thank you uh, it's a pleasure having you here uh as soon as we go off here i'm gonna go subscribe to the unusual jobs <laughs> because i cannot wait to hear this that's something that yeah, i really you should. like you should I, I mean you probably will like it and please continue doing amazing work i listen to your podcast it brings a lot of value your guests are amazing and i really like it so um, i really like it so continue doing it you're doing amazing thank you man all right